0: I am your host, Andre Perano. Today, episode 50 is dropping with Jerome Green. We talk hoops, we talk life. Let's dive right in with Jerome. Okay, Jerome, i got a few questions. All right, all okay. basketball related. Of course. All basketball related. All right, let's talk Okay, basketball. so I've known Jerome for, what, 20 years? Yeah, 20 years.
1: Yeah. Childhood. Don't make me feel any older than I am. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay, so my first question is, how did you get to come playing basketball?
1: How did I get to come play basketball? You know what? By, when I, growing up as a kid, there was a local basketball course that are always around, but there was an elementary school that was over by my house and not growing up with much money or much to do. We didn't grow up with the internet and stuff. So you always played outside. So playing outside, what I did is uh, I would go to the school, the elementary school that I went to, and there was guys that were playing basketball there. And I was pretty competitive, so I would always play with the guys, and I wanted to play with the older guys. So I would go over there and play basketball with the older guys. They were all in the military. So I would go over there and play with them. And what happened was I wasn't instantly successful doing it, so being competitive, I wanted to go back until I could beat them. And and then what I would do is when they would leave, I'd come back and practice.
0: (laughs) So how old were you when you started that?
1: Uh, About 10 years old. 10 years old trying to play with grown men? 10 years old playing with grown men. That made a big difference, though, in the long run, but that's a whole nother part of it. Ten years old playing with grown men. And what it was is uh, they're military guys, so, you know, they showed no mercy. And, you know, a couple of times, you know, get a little teary-eyed, boo-hooing about, you know, they're being a little too mean or, you know, just verbally abusing you but physically throwing you around. Uh, a couple of the guys go, no, you're not going anywhere. We, one of the guys told me he's from New York, and he, you know, he tell he knows better. He goes, you know what? He goes, you you stop coming and playing with us. He goes, it's never going to do you any good. He goes, keep coming back, take your medicine, and he goes, before you know it, you'll be the one giving out the medicine. So that made a big difference right there. Wow. Yeah.
0: Okay. So with that aspect, you saying that. Uh, so as when when you were done playing with them. You would go and practice on your craft, so you did a lot. Did you do a lot of skill work? Because I know you, you were a phenomenal uh, shooter. Right. We, everybody knew you, you could shoot from behind the arc. Mm-hmm. Anybody from San Diego in, in our time, obviously. I mean, I'm a lot younger than you, but right. we all knew that you could shoot. Um, there was an article um, that I read, actually, that's on the internet. Um, oh, your coach, uh, Coach Collins, mm-hmm. said um, They were kind of uh, other coaches were bashing you. They were saying, oh, you know, um, it's a one-man team. I, I wouldn't want to have a Jerome Green on my team. And Coach Collins said, um, I love having Jerome on my team. Uh, don't quote me, but he said, uh, for one, the guy can shoot behind the arc mm-hmm. like um, no, like anybody else. Like he's never seen anything else. Uh, number two, um, you had a phenomenal spin move. Uh-huh. He, okay. he, that's what's quoted. He, yeah. he loved your spin move. And uh, he loved that your ability to um, your vision, your court vision. Right. So um, you know, as a kid, now hearing that um, and are reading that today, I'm like, oh, okay, wow. Um, I, I knew about the shooting. Um, I knew about your uh, your jumping ability. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, so, but I didn't. I didn't realize that like the whole spin move. I knew you had a bunch of counter moves, but like mm-hmm. he focused on one of your moves and then also on your court vision. So did you like, as a young kid, even at 10, were you just like starting to do skill
1: moves or did you like strictly work on dribbling and shooting? Two, two reasons you do skill moves, and you could thank the U.S. Navy and military for this. One of the reasons that I learned a couple of those skill moves is I didn't have a choice. If I was going to get away from these guys that were a lot bigger than stronger than me, you have to have a good move. Right. Uh, me just using my 11-year-old, 12-year-old body to try to just blow by somebody wasn't working. <laughs> right, right, right. So, you know, you had to develop a move, and I would watch TV, and I would see these guys, and that move looked like it worked for them. So, you know, uh, what do you call it? Uh, imitation is the b- biggest form of flattery. So, you know, you would, I would see, you know, Tim Hardaway and Gary Payton and those guys doing spin moves, and I would emulate that and try to take that to the court, work on that to try to get my shot off that I worked on. So having a good jump shot wasn't one of those things that just kind of happened overnight. You just got to put in time and repetition over and over and over. And your shot, you know, you always kind of fine-tune it because your body changes. Right. You get stronger. And as you get stronger, the less you have to use things like, you know, more arm behind it. Uh, You can use a little more legs behind it, a little less, a little more wrist and a lot less arm, stuff like that. You adjust your shot as your body adjusts too.
0: Yeah, I remember one time you were telling me that... uh, a lot of your shooting comes from your legs, a lot of jumping. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more like a one-handed jump shot where your uh,
1: off hand, your your guide, guide hand, hand. Yeah. you just kind of let it flop. Yeah, you know, you, you, you're you holding it with your guide hand, you don't want it to be stiff to where it pushes the ball over. Guide hand is just there to kind of exactly guide it. Right. And, and you know, what it does is you can shoot the ball, release, and then you just kind of let this hand relax. Now, if it starts pushing this way, it's gonna start altering the trajectory of your shot, and you don't want that. So you kind of just, you want it to be up, hard, stiff, good form. But when you release, you want the release to be perfectly where it's supposed to go soft and smooth all the way to the end. Right. Yeah. As you go up, though, you 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 may have to go through contact and stuff like that. When you get to the end, nice feathery release, nice and soft, put the touch on it.
0: So did you, like, at such a young age, playing with these military guys, just grow a huge passion, a love for the game? Or was it more like a grit where you were, like, angry that here are these grown men
1: pushing you around. You're like, I'm going to go back tomorrow and try to beat them. What what was was, it? It was both. Okay. It was both. It was definitely both, you know, because in all honesty, I didn't like all of them, but I liked enough of them that I would go back and play. There were some I really wanted to beat and some that would tell me, beat them. But with that, it's just like when you play basketball. You don't like everybody you play against. But at the same time, that's what pushes you. Not everybody is going to be your buddy. It's not always – funny fun time like you're having a good time but with that said that's what pushes your competitive drive and at the age of 10 11 and 12 before i got to before i was getting into junior high school that's how i learned how to play basketball i learned how to play basketball from grown military men that showed no mercy very competitive and told me to do the same thing right so by the time i hit a high school court
0: you were just nasty oh
1: yeah i was competitive i was driven i was i was not nice I was going to say that. I was like, what about that mouthpiece of yours? I I remember being a young kid with uh, your brother and (laughs) listening to you talk,
0: and I would be like,
1: Yeah, and I mean, and where did that all come from? I didn't learn it in my backyard playing with my Aunt Sally. I was playing with grown, gritty military men that were pushing me around. So getting thrown on the floor wasn't nothing new to me. Somebody pushing me and elbowing me because I just scored a nice bucket wasn't anything new to me. So that'll probably go back to those coaches saying, oh, I don't know if I'd want him on my team. That was a bunch of crock of crap. Because back in those days, they thought he was being fancy. It wasn't fancy. That was just good basketball. Oh, Oh, he scored a lot of points. He did a lot of this. He did a lot of that. What it was is it was a lot of attention. And some of them, it might have struck their egos that, guess what? It's not all coaching. It makes my coaching job easier because he can shoot from here. You can't coach that. Right. He doesn't tell me, all right, this is the play. You're going to shoot from the half-court line. No, sometimes people are just really good. I mean, look at, like, Kyrie Irving. You think that they drew the play, out, right, you're going to do two spin moves, get out of the double team, and go through. No, that guy's just a good basketball player. Right. So you get to the NBA level, that you got to have, every team has what they call a seven-second guy. The last seven seconds of the shot clock, you got to get to that guy, because there's no play driven for that. These guys will break down the offense, either get somebody else the ball, or they'll get the ball and get to the basket, or get a shot off. Right. Yeah. So, you know, that's where that probably came from, too, and then... You know, it's just one of those things when you're competitive and you're driven like that. Not those other kids are not like that. They right. want to go home and play the PlayStation and do this and do that. Back then, I wanted to win. So that's
0: a perfect question to this next one. Um, I, this is how I feel, and you know, I, I have I have two kids of my uh, of my own. Uh, my son plays. Um, I I don't think kids practice skills or shooting nearly as much as they did back in the day. Like for me, I, I know that my son loves the game. Every time the, the, the television goes on, he's turning on ESPN, he wants to figure out the news of what happened, of which which player, who's injured, uh, who won last night. Uh, he goes outside, he's, he's talking to himself, he's mimicking. So I, I could tell that he loves the game. Yeah. He loves that camaraderie with That's his right. friends and he plays. Mm-hmm. But if, if you ask me and you, Mm. at that age I was outside shooting a couple hundred jump shots a day by right. myself whereas mm-hmm. I'll ask him hey did you shoot no I have to like grab him by the hand take him out the outside and I, I feel like I have to do that with all of our club teams that I
1: play with our coach excuse me um well, it's a it's a good thing and a bad thing they, they keep just forgetting about the uh the The working detail portion is what you're talking about. The working detail portion is you got to put the details and the work in, which is you got to put those few hundred jump shots in. And it's not just putting up a hundred jump shots. A lot of times it's making a hundred jump shots. Right. And game speed, making. Yeah. You don't, you you could go out there and shoot a thousand of them and only make a hundred, but do you want to do that? No. So you want to put in quality versus quantity. Right. So when you do that, you're like, yeah, yeah. so you want to put in a hundred quality jump shots in the basket at game speed. It may take you an hour, it may take you a half hour, it may take you two hours. It just depends on the skill level of the player. Right. So with that said, some of the kids, they don't fall in love with maybe the work process part of it. They may fall in love with the camaraderie, the friendships that it builds, and the aspects of the game where, you know, is I wouldn't say flashy, but it's just the fun part of it. And it's right. just their their awareness may be a little bit more different. There's nothing wrong with that. They just, you know, they. your son, he, he likes to work the extra part. That's where dad comes in. You make him work and you do that. Because when you're a kid, sometimes you forget that. Right. And that's where dad comes in and he's got to let dad do his job, though. Yeah, sometimes I <laughs> yeah, feel like yeah. I'm a drill sergeant with someone. <laughs> yeah, some of well, my, you know what? That's, dad, that's dad's job and dad's got to do that. And on the other hand, he'll appreciate that later and he's always going to respect the hell out of you for it. The other part is that the other part's already taken care of. He loves basketball, he loves being around his friends, and he enjoys it. Yeah. That's the easy part. Because if he didn't like it, he wouldn't be watching it on TV. He wouldn't be wearing all the cool stuff. And that's the thing, too. They got a lot of cool stuff to wear. I wish we had. Oh, that yeah. Stuff. Yeah, we didn't have any, of, had, that any of that stuff. We didn't have any of that stuff. No, no, no. And I can't. I'm too old to wear fluorescent colors now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Gray hair and fluorescent colors don't go together. Yeah. So um,
0: when, you, when you were playing or when you were growing up and, you know, obviously trying to mimic all these players, um, you know, they didn't have. All of the skill trainers out there and this right. and that. So basically, did you do more shooting and basic dribbling or really was it like you saw Gary Payton hit this double crossover to a one dribble spin move and you were like, dang, that looked nasty. I'm going to work on that today. Yeah. Or I'm going to work it on was, that for the next it, month. It
1: was, it was pretty much just like how you said. Back then, there wasn't like a... Individual trainers and stuff like that 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 market wasn't even in play or anything like that and the club ball market was barely in play It was only on the East Coast
0: Right, yeah, because there was, was nothing just, here.
1: Yeah, it was just AAU ball. As soon as the AAU ball circuit opened up, that really opened up everything for all the kids to be right. seen and played and everything like that. Did I you play a, a little bit, right? Yeah, I played, it's called Slam and Jam.
0: Slam and Jam! Yeah. That's
1: <laughs> Slam right. And jam. that was in L.A. at Compton Dominguez High School yeah. or at Long Beach State we used to play. And it was fun. And basically it was just all the San Diego players that were, you know, good, you got to go up to L.A. and play, and you got to see these real these real guys who play it and live it all the time. And you're like, this is how it should be. Okay. This is how it should be. And it was fun. And everybody that really loved basketball really liked it. There, was, there was only two teams here in San Diego, and then there ended up being three. There was a north team, a south team, and then there was the east team. The east team would be mixed with the south team because it's not that far away geographically driving. Then the east finally East got their own team, like La Mesa, El Cajon, uh, the Gross-Smart Kids, stuff like that. They yeah. all kind of got their own team. And, uh you know, and now... With the AAU team, from my understanding, is, you know, you could be on the south team and go play with the north team. Oh, or yeah. And, go here. and I mean, like, well, that's phenomenal. It's all about basketball and it's all about the kids getting on the court. So, that's great. Yeah. And the-, the good thing about that is that these kids coming out of high school now are far more ready to play college basketball. They've already traveled the country like a college kid. They've already played all this basketball and they get more court time than we've ever gotten. Right. And that's why you'll see kids that are incoming freshmen that go to Kentucky or Kansas or North Carolina or Duke. And all of these kids are better than any senior that they have. Because right. in the college circuit, those seniors, they only get to play basketball that one college time. Right. During the college season, and then that's it. Whereas if you're a high school kid, you get to play spring, summer, fall. And if you're in college, they don't have, have AU for college kids. Yeah. So unless you're one of those big time kids who's getting drafted already... You really have to go and, you know, they have to have good strength conditioning coaches and other stuff to help you work on all those things. Right. So
0: when you got into high school and you were playing, uh, I know that your junior year, you are averaging 26.6 points a season going into your senior year. hmm And uh, so you're doing that. Um, what, what drew, did you, did you uh, average more points? I know that you broke a couple of records. So mm-hmm. what, I elaborate on that.
1: And well, one of them actually well,
0: just recently got broken.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't I didn't even know I had it until it recently got broken about 4 years ago and I didn't know it would happen until about the same year they were going to break it. It was uh the most three-pointers ever made in a career in San Diego High School history and I made uh, 100 and like uh I think the number was 156, 160. And the kid broke it like towards the end of his senior year and I think he I think he piled on another 30 on top of it or something, like okay. 25 on top of it. So he I made 156 arbitrary number i think he was like 178 by the time he got done okay so you know he broke it and then passed it up by a lot but i didn't even know i had it but you know part of that was just uh obviously when you could shoot a three they'd defend you differently if you couldn't shoot a three so you get defended from the three-point line out with that i would always go and you know you got to work on other moves like counter moves all right they're defending me on a three now i got to be able to get to the elbow right either make a jump shot there or get all the way there and you know, if you want to score a lot of it too, is, it's it's kind of like uh, kind of like football. You know how the run game sets up the pass yeah. game. You got to be able to run the ball and control it. If you can either get you know get to the basket, yeah. or get your teammates open, it'll get you threes. You know, it'll just kind of come and transition in all kinds of different parts of the game. You just got to feel it out and let it flow. Right. <laughs> and did you have a, did you have another uh, record also? A few of them. I just don't remember all of them because my mind's going. Since I'm getting old. But um, let me see. Shoot. Most three-pointers in one game. I think that finally got broken. Uh, three-pointers in a season was 90. Um, let me see. Uh, points in one game, but I think that got broke by one of the other kids. I actually went to the high school now and stuff. Um, a few other ones. I just can't remember all of them. So you were pretty
0: much the man. You were uh, All-State, right? Yeah.
1: All All-State, State, three years in a row. Um, all Three years in a row, first team All-League. All-League. Um, one year All-State, uh, two years in a row All-San Diego, and one year San Diego Player of the Year. And then you got your jersey obviously retired. Yeah, yeah, they retired my jersey. Yeah, and I, look at the jer- yeah I look at the jersey now, I look at the jersey the kids have now. Can you guys make me one like that? Uh, nice one, yeah, Nice jersey. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it was an honor to get your jersey retired and stuff like that. Absolutely. And to be honest with you, the stuff doesn't really sink in until you get into your forties like me. Yeah. Because back then all you're concerned about is the next game and playing the next thing. And you know, it's a proud moment and you're happy, but it doesn't really sink in way later. And right. you're like, I don't even play anymore. Dude. You know what? This is pretty cool. That is six in. Yeah, that doesn't Man.
0: happen to everybody. No. That's
1: that,
0: true. Uh, you know they don't. They I didn't don't really think. I didn't really think, I didn't really think
1: about that though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You just. I didn't really take it for granted. But right. you just kind of want to. It's one of those you don't really want to rest on your laurels, kind of celebrate right. and be too happy. You're just pushing, pushing along. And now that you feel like you're almost like retired from sports, now I watch them more than you play them. Right. That's how you know you're kind of done with sports. I still go to the gym and exercise for my health. But once you are watching more than you're playing and coaching more. You're pretty much done. And that's when you can kind of go back and look on those things and be like, wow, I had a good time. And that's when you remember all the uh, friendships and things like that.
0: Okay. Um, Back to that. Um, So high school's over. Um, You're getting looked at by a bunch of colleges. Right. Right. So where do you end up? Where do you end up?
1: Ah, ended up at a whatever school. uh, Sacramento State.
0: Sacramento State. But you were getting looked at by a lot of
1: big schools. Pepperdine. Oregon State, Oregon, Arizona State, uh, University of Washington, New Mexico State, New Mexico, um, schools like that that were were really good basketball programs. And I made the mistake of, you know, being a kid that was poor, signing with a school, just so I didn't have to be in my situation anymore, not knowing any better, but that's right. where when you come down to making a college decision, your parents really gotta help you out with that. You're 16 and 17 trying to make that decision, it's gonna be more emotional than intellectual. Right. And then I was like, I don't wanna be at my house, I don't wanna be living on welfare anymore, I'm gonna get out of here. Right. So that's why I made that decision, it probably wasn't the best, it was, definitely wasn't the best decision, okay. because it shaped your, your basketball career from there, and it ended where it ended.
0: Right, so, so, so you get there, you play, um, Obviously, it's a
1: it's a a tailwind spin. It's it's Mm -hmm. a roller coaster. Yeah. Um, Roller coaster. The team, you know, goes one in 26. Ooh and then you learn a little bit about how the college college coaching thing goes. Um, If it's a school that's a lower level school like that. Right. The coach. They have best intentions, but the agenda mainly is for themselves as far as they're trying to get to a higher level. Just like you're trying to get to a higher level as a player. not saying coaches are all scumbags and they don't care about you or anything like that. But when they're at a lower level like that, they want to get to a better level. And the coach we had, not only did he go to a higher level, he went and coached for a championship NBA team. Wow. Yeah. He coached for the Spurs. And every championship they won, he was the associate head coach. Uh, His Mm -hmm. name was Don Newman. Wow, and boom—he was the associate coach. So it wasn't like he wasn't a good coach. You—you so you get a lot of these guys, they're all good coaches, but we won't won't fake anything here. Duke University is as good as they are because they have a good coach, but you get good players. Right. There's no really no two ways about it. They get horses. I mean, that year they won the uh, championship. Who do they have? Okafor, right. I mean, look—they're not doing so hot this year. They don't have a big stud like that. Right. There, there's no, there's no two ways about it. Everybody knows that. If you yeah. don't think that's true, you're kind of faking yourself out. <laughs> right. Yeah. You get great coaching, great players, get your championships. Yeah.
0: Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. Now, um, you 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 touched base on that. You, the reason why you chose that school was to get out of your living situation. I know that mm-hmm. you come from a single mom home. You had two younger brothers. Uh, you were basically. Like the father in that home, yeah. And you were doing it at such a young age. I mean, you're talking 14, 15 years old. I mean, I remember your brother Victor running around with me. Oh yeah, in you guys junior just had high. Some fun times. <laughs> but I mean, at least we were at at the age where we can just go run around, and yeah, if he you wanted guys, to go eat or something, we can go to my house or something. Yeah, so, you guys could
1: have took care of yourselves. Yeah. and stuff. But you, you remember at that age, you don't realize it, but you don't have a choice. You're going to be their example and everything you do they're going to follow. Right. So how how was that an emotional stress on you? I mean, you know what, I didn't really think too much about it. I just kept thinking as long as I do good, they'll do good. As long as I do positive, they'll do positive. So if I it was weird, so if I focused on myself and did good, they would do too good too. So it was one of those things if you focus too much on worrying about them doing bad and you not doing good, you took away from that, you just kind of you know what? I forced myself to stay on the good path and do what was good, finish school, finished school, graduated, finished my master's, did all this other stuff. They'll follow suit, too.
0: Damn, that's crazy. That's crazy at such a young age that you were at least thinking that. Like, hey, I, I got to do that. right with that. myself. Well, I got to stay on this
1: path. Well, there's two ways of thinking. I mean, you could think that or you could sit there and kind of grovel and, oh, man, I got it so bad. I got it so bad. Yeah, there was days where you were like, dude, this sucks. But guess what? it's not going to change when you're sitting there groveling in it. Got to fix it some way, somehow. Right. Yep. Life lessons, man. And then, you know, back then, you couldn't, you know, if you didn't have the support system that other people had, you couldn't afford to make the same mistakes. So you had to make sure that everything you did was on the right path in the right direction. Right. You know, I couldn't afford to fail a class. Couldn't afford to, you know, uh, if I was making money somewhere, if I had a part-time job to like not show up to work, or yeah, because be you're working late. at Parkway Gym, you're working for the city. Yeah, I was working, you know, part-time, and every dollar counted, and every single bit counted. So the way it was. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Now, okay, so let's go back
0: to. Um, I know we uh, went off topic. For oh a second. yeah, we we were we were it's at all college. basketball related because right. that
1: that helped drive basketball. To you know, you do right. things in spite of or spite of, but that was part of it. Right. So
0: you yeah. you're you're in college, you're playing, um, you got a couple injuries. Mm-hmm. um you come back home and so um I remember and, and get me uh, let me know if this is right or wrong uh we're we're hitting now the lockout period oh yeah yeah. so that was was that 90 that was 98, 99. 98, 98 yeah, lock and here. I remember um you so you got done playing college you were hurt mm-hmm. um your career didn't go exactly to plan right um did you finish school you finish school. You finish
1: you school. You come back. Had a couple foot injuries because I didn't realize that my body was no longer a basketball body; it was a football body. <laughs> <laughs> so you have a couple of
0: foot injuries. But I remember you talking about going up to mm-hmm. UCLA and playing with these NBA oh, players yeah. in the
1: lockout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, I was I was starving myself to stay at two hundred and fifteen pounds. You know, keep my thirty-one inch vertical and keep everything you know ready to go. And I had a uh, I had an agent at the time, and he was just like, "Look, I won't make anything unless you make something." So. In order to go play at UCLA, somebody had to vouch for you. Because they're not just going to let anybody on the court. You get these guys that they want to live their hoop dreams and try to line some guy. Right. Like so who'd you is. play? Who'd you play against? The guys that were up there and played against. There was... Uh, you name it, they were up there. Baron Davis, Paul Pierce, pretty much everybody on the West Coast. Grant Hill came out there for a week just to play because the UCLA runs were legendary. Yeah. It's at the top of this old-school gym, and there's three courts up there. Yeah. And people would go there, and the middle court is where all the guys would play. Jalen Rose would be there. Pretty much all the NBA players that were in L.A. or came to L.A. to visit, that's where they would go to get their run. It was organized. They had a trainer there. Um, nobody was going to hurt them, and you can get your running up and down the court, and the guys were playing at a professional level not at like a freaking Bush League level where they're trying to take guys out or get jealous and get mad because he's scoring too many points on you. That's not how professional players play. You know, every once in a while you'll see a guy take another guy out. That's usually so they can get an edge on them because they're trying to win a championship or they just flat out don't like them. But you very seldomly see that happen. All these guys are making a living, feeding their families, doing it. With that said, that's what professional basketball is, to play like a professional.
0: I remember you coming back and saying, oh, yeah, I was just at UCLA and I got Mm -hmm. to play against...
1: You know, Shaq showed up one day for two days in a row, and I'm telling you right now, TV does not do that guy any justice. Huge. A huge. And, I mean, ridiculously huge to where you're just like, it doesn't do him any justice. And when he was in shape like he was, there there was really no stopping that guy. The only thing that was stopping him is he got an injury or he got in foul trouble. That's, right. the only, yeah, that's the only thing that was stopping that guy. And especially playing in a run like that, no, man, ain't stopping him. Or the refs, that's the only one that could stop and you him. Kept, and you kept up. I kept up with those guys and, you know, it, that really proved a lot to myself that I could still do it even, you know. Even uh, with having the foot injury, Even with a couple of injuries and stuff like that, you know, just, you know what, you have to just rely and believe in your faith and be like, hey, it wasn't meant to be because if it was, it would have happened.
0: Now, let me ask you this. So, you have these foot injuries, you're playing uh, with these guys. Um, do you think it would have went different if maybe you came from a household that maybe… Had a little more structure, a little bit more money, because then you could have got the rehab or not even the rehab, maybe uh, guided to the right path of rehabbing yourself to becoming better or getting better or having the right supplements or oh, yeah. the right I mean, if you come, time if you
1: were, if to you get were, to the next level. If you were playing that good at that kind of level, despite, on injuries, like you were, on injuries and despite the shortcomings and not having any kind of support system. Any kind of support system would have made things better for you. It would have made it that much more better. You know, the situation and deciding which school you go to, to what your major is going to be at that school, to having them, you know, help you get back and forth to school. All those things right there are one less thing you have to do. Right. And you can focus. But there's a lot of guys that are playing college basketball now that still have to go through all that same stuff. And that's what you have to think about. And things like that, thinking like that way, be like, oh, don't feel sorry for yourself. No, but you know what? When you have a support system, it definitely helps. Right. So you you weren't bothered by that like like now thinking not thinking oh, back no that's that's how that that right there that's how you just drive yourself nuts you can't think like that if you think yes. like that you're gonna drive yourself nuts right. it just wasn't meant to be but it did make me the person that I am now which is a good thing and some people are like ah you know that that's just a way of kind of rationalizing no but that's the truth there's no rationalization right. out of it if I didn't go through all those things I would have I wouldn't be as nice as I am now. Now, who I was on the court isn't the person that I am off the court. Right. Competitive, gritty, mean, all that other stuff. Oh, yeah. And, you know, whatever I needed to do to win. You know, no cheap shot or anything like that. But, you know, I go through a wall, whatever I need to do to win. Now, off the court, no, I'm a nice guy. Oh, yeah. I'm cool. I'll do all that other stuff. Unless you cross me, that's different, though. Right. Then I go UFC. Right. (laughs) No, I'm just joking. (laughs) But, yeah, no, it, it, it makes you very much appreciate the small things in life. Like I'm yeah. I'm appreciative of all of things. Now I work and you know and I wear a bulletproof vest and a gun and I go to work every day and I get up like everybody else does and I work a ten hour shift and stuff like that. And I'm appreciative of all small things. Coming right. home on the weekends, I get, you know, two, three day weekend, barbecue, have a beer, and then that's when you can kinda of sit back and think about the times. Hey, I I used to run on the court and have a good time and do all this stuff. And you know, of course those the young kids would be like, Oh, really? You sound like an old person. One day you'll be an old person, and you'll remember that stuff. Right.
0: <laughs> now I, I know that you used to touch base with uh, Stu Lance. And mm-hmm. Stu Lance was trying to get you uh, to try out for the Lakers. Right.
1: So was this during the time of the lockout
0: period? or? Oh,
1: no, it was just another time. I mean, his okay. son was a really good, phenomenal basketball player and stuff. And he was just like, you know, if there's something I can do to help you guys out, I will. You know, right. if the doors open or anything like that, I can help you out, I will.
0: So he believed in you. Yeah, he he's. He's not just going to tell any yeah. guy off the street. Going to travel
1: the to Lakers? Yeah, so you're talking about the Lakers. Me and his, me and his son were the same age. Played, we played at the same time. we in high school at the same time. and graduated the same year, and we even played on the same like uh, uh, All Star team together. Right. So he seemed like oh, yeah. good because you got a quick release. You could shoot good and stuff like that. He goes, you know, that's good caliber and stuff. If I can help out, I'll help you out.
0: And why didn't you ever take him on that
1: offer? I just, I wasn't ready and, you know, you got to have, you know, everything's got to be ready and everything's got to be ready to go and stuff like that. And I never felt I was ready to do it, you know, and it was on me to be ready to go and do that stuff. And then the opportunity of that window was really small, really, really small. They had to have a trial for a reason to get there. But I would the Lakers, their, their spots are filled. Right. Yeah. Their spots right. are filled. There's no openings there.
0: <laughs> right. Okay. So uh, getting back to that recovery, fitness, all that, I know that you had the biggest legs
1: <laughs> Yeah, playing. You jumped through
0: guys like this. Oh, yeah.
1: Remember that? That, that used to help me out a lot. Yeah. I mean, because before, when I was a young buck and I had a uh, my upper body had not developed quite yet into a, a grown man status. You know, having big calves and big thighs, it definitely helped out.
0: So, did you do a lot of weight training, or was that more
1: like a calisthenics? Like... That was more calisthenics right there. Okay, just doing tra- drills. Yeah, weight training will make you thicker and a little bit slower. For basketball, you want to have those quick twitch fibers going, and you want it to be explosive and fast. Okay. Yeah, and that's what you want for basketball. So a lot of that, you know, it'll just get you just get the size like that from running. And jumping a lot and doing those repetitiously. So when somebody's legs get thighs get bigger like that and their calves get bigger just from running and jumping, that probably means that they got football legs. <laughs> right. And that's what ended up happening. But those it helped out a lot. It helps out a lot. Because basketball is all legs. The upper yeah. body's for all skill. Right. You know, your upper body, you know, obviously here inside your brain. Right. That's where all the mental aspect, your skills all come from. There's all here. Right. Your legs are, you know, that's just a body. So you that's were training
0: like every day. Yeah? Whether it was yeah. Lifting weights, calisthenics, or shooting, or working on your fundamentals—literally, you were training every day.
1: Every day, anything I could find to do, I was doing it every day. But that right there is what you know. That right there really means you live and breathe the game.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: Now, how how did you develop such a
0: good uh, court vision and IQ of the game? Because that's another article that Mm -hmm. I read was Mm -hmm. uh, your IQ level at the high school level, basketball
1: IQ level high.
0: Yeah. Like you, you were, he, coach was saying that your IQ level versus the whole team was.
1: Yeah. Mine was a lot higher, huge. but that's because what they were doing at age 18, I was already doing at age 10. I was living and breathing basketball. Then they just played it, you know, here and there. I, I was, I was basketball. That's all I was from age 10 to all the way to I was in my mid twenties. It was live, breathe basketball. So everything you watched, there wasn't any scenario that we got into in a game that I hadn't already thought about a hundred times. I hadn't already played through maybe a few times myself and played with the military guys and did all this stuff. I played so many times, so many hours, so many games. That's where all that stuff comes to. So it's not even one of those things where you have to think about doing it. It's more of a reaction. Right. You know, oh, here comes a double team. Two guys come at you like this. You already know what you're gonna do. Right. You're gonna fake like you can go, I want to just split them. Right. You're gonna do that. Oh, two guys go to the corner like this, you know, and you see them coming, right? Right. What are you going to do? You're going to use that other two feet on the baseline that nobody else uses to get all the way behind the backboard, use the backboard to block them off, shoot the shot. Right. You know, a lot of people don't use that. I had to learn how to use that. How did I have to learn how to use that? Because I was smaller and I had to play with grown men. You grow up playing with grown men and then all of a sudden one day they go, okay, you got to play with kids your own age. I'm like, "Oh, this isn't fair. <laughs> this isn't fair. These guys are not as strong. They're not as tough and they're definitely not as mean. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, those are the things that end up happening like that. So your basketball IQ level is a whole lot better than theirs. Basically, I was studying for the test way before they even started taking the test. Right. I've been studying for 10, 15 years before they were even ready for it. Right. So, you know, that's why my IQ level is a lot higher.
0: Okay. So you get to coaching now. Mm-hmm. Now we're getting to your coaching phase. This is a few years ago. Um, you're coaching. Do you see the kids? in high school with the same IQ level or were they just like the guys that were on your team? Nowhere near that. Even though we're in a different generation, Mm -hmm. you have laptops, you have the internet, you have social media on your, you have everybody on Instagram.
1: Everything. everything. Oh yeah. These kids have everything and it's a good thing, but it's one of those things I found out after coaching, um, IQ level, you still have to go through the grind and you still have to put in the time. There's no secret. There's no secret way, like Pat Riley said, there's no secret way to success or secret way to be good. you got to put in the hard work. Okay. And, you know, because they have a laptop or they have this, you can still put in the work like that, but basketball is a hands-on participation sport. Yeah. And you could watch all this stuff and do all this oh, stuff, this but you hand- got to get out there and do it. Yeah, yeah. And be- some of the kids, you know, they get a little, uh, they get a little, I wouldn't say deny or decline, but they get a little pushed away because they don't get a chance to play with people who are better than them. The key thing when you're a young kid is always play with people that are better than you don't go play with your friends if you play with your friends you're not going to get that much better your friends aren't going to push you like that your right. friends are going to tell you everything your friends are your friends that want to be your friends people that don't know you or don't like you they want to beat you and then you want to beat them it's different it's not the same thing <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that you say that real quick to get
0: off a topic i remember playing with your brother and we didn't have a car
1: uh-huh. and you
0: used to tell us just hop on the trolley and go yeah. play at a different gym because yeah. you don't know those people. Yes. You don't know you those have people. to. <laughs> and go play somebody you.
1: different. And I'm telling you right now. And initially, people like it. They're like, it's fun because they don't know my moves. They don't know this. Okay, well, after a game, they're going to know your moves. And they're not going to let you try to do them. It's going to force you to do other things and get better at other things. And that's when you really got to make your game grow. And that's when you really got to get better. Really, really do, and, and I mean it's good. I just you're making me think about it fun. <laughs> like this guy, they don't know if you could jump or not. I'm like boom and dunk, I'll be so happy. Like yeah, everybody else knew they could. So it's like oh this sucks. Here you go. Yeah, they just move out of the way, or they would just let you. Like, shit.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, but it's it's one of those things, man. You just got the passion for it and stuff. You got to do a lot of things. Like in the Bible, it says discipline. Discipline is doing things when either nobody else is watching or not do or doing things when you don't really want to do them. Right. But they're necessary to do. Right, and you just have to deem these things necessary, and they will get you better. You just got to trust the process and like the process in order to get better. Because right. if you don't, it won't be the same for you. you. Always, you won't wonder, but you know you can get so much better by disciplining yourself. You have to do it. Right. So in
0: that aspect, did you like coaching?
1: Yes. Did you? I like coaching. Okay. Biggest mistake I made coaching was thinking I could coach how I played. You can't do that. I can't be that intense and do that. You have to be relaxed. You have to be calm. No, I thought. So you about tried it. to coach. I tried to coach like I played. I tried to be intense and do that. I could only be that way when I was coaching the defensive portion. Right. Offense, you can't do that. Kids are like, right. oh relax. Yeah. You gotta shoot and do this stuff. So you have to, you know, you have to learn. They run on your level. Yeah, you 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 know you level too, but at the same time too. When you're coaching, it's about the kids. So you got to kind of mold yourself to the kids a little bit to mm-hmm. help them be successful. Because it's not a pro team where you're going to have these guys, and very seldom they get traded and they're under contract. Right. Their high school kids who are only here for a few years, and they're still developing. Right. And they're still getting better. So you got to find what makes them better, what pushes them, what does that. Some kids like getting yelled at. I have a couple football kids. They love getting yelled at. They like it the tough way. Yeah. You push them like that. Basketball get a little kids. Old, get them They old. like Hot, it the boom. best. Skill kids. And then as the basketball kids get a little older, they like it the tough way too. They figure out. If I have a little bit of this, a little bit of that, I'm going to be really good. Right. And you got to learn what pushes them, what makes them better. But the most important thing is you got to get them all to buy into the same thing, obviously. And, you know, everything I say is is going to be obvious. They all got to buy into the same system. They all got to work together. They all got to do things together. They all don't have to get along, but they all have to do it together.
0: Right. It's not an individual sport. It's a team sport. So right. you have to realize There's who are all your all horsemen. Them. Yep. Who's your passer? Yeah. Who's your defensive player? And, and you got to buy into that. Yeah. And
1: kids and kids right. are younger sometimes, you know, everybody wants, you know, the glories in the offense and everybody wants to score points Absolutely. and stuff like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the fun but part. But they got to realize that what is the and I would ask these kids, you know, what's the most important thing on the court? And it would be like It's like a trick question. The basketball. When you have it on offense, you got to share it. You got to share it, and you got to take care of it, and you can't turn it over. You got to put it in the basket. When you're on defense, you got to keep it away from the basket and defend the shit out of it. Right. Most important thing on the court. I believe it.
0: Yeah. Um, Now you said uh, you were talking about faith, and you have to, you know, rely on that. So do you have? Were you big on faith growing up?
1: Yeah. You have to. Sometimes that's all you have. You have to believe. Right. Most importantly, you got to believe in yourself.
0: Right. Okay. If you can give one piece of advice to any kid out there or any parent out there listening to tell their kid, what would you say to be successful? To be ball? successful,
1: oof, honesty, you gotta make sure that you love and you like you love you love it more than you like it. Or else you're not gonna wanna do it. And you gotta enjoy the process. Cause remember, there's more practice time, more traveling time, more preparation time than there is game time. Right. So you got to enjoy the process and love the process. And the process isn't always fun, but the process is necessary. Right. Because the process is cooking, preparing, and then you get your meal. Your meal is the, you know, well, you know, you can cook for hours and I can give you a plate of food and you eat it real quick, right? You eat in 10 minutes. Eating 10 minutes, yeah. But the whole process, that's the whole practice, work ethic. uh, Great parents driving you back and forth, coaching you. Being there for every game, you know. Um, All the good things that matter, like the games – You don't get those without the practice. Right. So you gotta see court time. Gotta enjoy the process. If you don't enjoy the process and you don't like the process, then you won't enjoy the game. Because the game will come out and you won't have the same success. So you have to enjoy the process. Process is the most important thing. And you don't really realize that until you get a little bit older. And I'm like, oh, okay, you know, we always like practice. But you know we always wanted to play the game. I'd rather oh, play yeah. the game every day. Oh, yeah. But practice is the process, and that's where you learn how to do everything. That's basically where you prepare to battle. You're like, all right, we've got to battle this week. We're going to battle this team. This is what we're going to do. You know, you're going to do this play and that play, and we're going to trap them, and their guards aren't that good, or the big guys are good, and we got to rebound them. And that's the process. Right. And it's you, you, know, you got to, it's the strategy and the fun part of it. You just got to, you know, be ready to prepare for it. And if you don't enjoy the process, you won't enjoy the game. So my biggest thing for the kids was work, enjoy the process, enjoy getting better. Oh, don't be afraid to work on the things that you're not good at. You know, it's, you know, I always use the analogy of the weight room. I get a lot of people that I see at the weight room, and guess what? They don't want to lift certain weight because it looks bad. or You know what? Not everybody can go in there and throw up the, you know, big dumbbells. You know, you just go in there and work your process as an individual thing, and you work on your individual things to get better, and you do it for your team, and you do it for you. Love it. I love it. Yeah, that's it, man. Great. Thank you. Okay. Peace.